0: Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. Technological advancement in potato farming not only drives improvements to the bottom line, but it helps meet that goal of better land stewardship. And no one can explain this better than Jeremy Pavelski. Jeremy is the president of Heartland Farms, where he's developed and implemented technology to improve potato production and environmental sustainability.
1: So technology is very important because you're really changing the way that farming practices happen and the way that you're receiving the information. From my standpoint, one of the the biggest factors with technology is the speed of information. Mother Nature is always changing no matter what. And what we're doing by having that technology and more real-time information is reacting to her because We can be proactive in a lot of things in agriculture, but there's still a major, major component that's reactive based upon weather conditions.
0: Here's just a sample of things you're reacting to. Water quality, pests, irrigation, nutrient management, cleaning up the waterways that come through your farm. I mean, you guys are dabbling in everything, carbon.
1: Yeah, it's mainly because we're probably a little bit insane. Um, We take on a lot of things because we just love doing it. We're passionate about the communities. Again, we, we, we love getting engaged, building technologies, and just seeing what we can do overall to make you know, our, our little piece of the world a better place.
0: I mean, you guys even have your own technology company, right? It's off of Heartland Farms, Heartland Tech.
1: Uh, yeah, we have Heartland Ag Tech. Um, my, my wife, Alicia, my cousin, Russ, and myself started that a couple years ago. Um, And we work in collaboration with the IT department of our, our farm as well. But that's really because we saw the need that says, okay, is there something that we can do better? And, um, you know, I have a computer networking and programming background. My wife is an architectural electrical engineer, and my cousin, Russ, is uh, an electrical engineer. Sorry, yeah, um, electrical engineer. Built uh, some of the original sensors that were in in iPhones or eventually utilized in iPhones. So it's great that we have that much um, capability uh, with all of us.
0: Do you need a, a tech background in order to implement sustainability practices on the farm?
1: absolutely not you know some of those things are just because we're passionate about it and and we like to change the you know change the way that things are done um but but you don't need it there's a lot of people or a lot of companies out there that are providing technology there's um you know a lot of practices that don't require technology uh to to Move the needle from sustainability, you know, whether it's planting um, buffer strips or on waterways, whether you're, um, you know, paying uh, attention, to utilizing a lot of the university recommendations and uh, information that's publicly available. So you don't need to do all those things. Those things can just help move the notch a little bit more, and it's just really neat to see how that can change and, and snowball through the whole industry.
0: Why don't you briefly go through some of the things that you're watching on the farm? Tell us if it's working or not. Maybe start with the the water that's going through the farm, and it, you said it what is cleaner where it exits than where it than where it enters?
1: Yeah, so a couple of years ago, we ended up taking some water quality um, samples where some of the streams and um, in, in drainage ditches enter our farm and where they exit, and um, there was lower nutrient loads on the exit side, and I would attribute that to you know our our rotation, our crops, our buffer zones. Um, just really all uh, good management practices uh, from that, that that helps. And uh, when I saw that, I was very happy um, that that is what the case was. Um, and it brings a smile to my face for that. Uh, you know, other things that, that we've noticed are that, that are big wins. Again, I bring it up. It's, it's one of the most simple things out there, but automated rain gauges. Um, and the amount of water that you can save by being able to react faster. Of course, you got to be a, an irrigated farm to, to, to reap those benefits, um, but that's huge. You know, row shutoffs uh, for our equipment, that's huge from saving on fertilizer as well as seed. Um, that's not something that's, you know, brand, brand new for us, uh, but within the last, you know, five, ten years. And, and all those things add up because there isn't much low hanging fruit anymore in the industry. You know, if there was a massive win, a lot of it would have been done. So how can you stack small wins to come up with a cumulative impact on that?
0: You know, one thing you didn't mention, just turn off the truck, right? And saving. Tell us how much money you guys have saved or how many gallons of uh, fuel you guys have saved just by turning off the truck when it's when it's stopped.
1: By turning off the vehicles, and, and that makes it sound like it was you know, a little bit easier, but by monitoring vehicles and, and ensuring that we have low idle times, um, as well as a combination of some benchmarking uh, with our other vehicles and tractors, we ended up saving 40,000 gallons of fuel the first year that we implemented that. Um, that's huge. And, and again, it's, everybody wants to do the right thing. It's, it, you don't think about it. You don't know it if you're not collecting the data and benchmarking
0: it. As you said, there's no low-hanging fruit anymore, but do you think that there's policy or incentive that could make it easier for more farms to try something new like this, try implementing practices on farm.
1: Yeah, I absolutely think there is, and and there needs to be. You know, agriculture is usually, um, and for the most part, it's low margin. Uh, We're taking extensive risk for, uh, you know, for that small margin. And if you don 't incentivize and, and can 't provide some of that, um, whether it's through regulatory changes, whether it 's through dollars and cents uh, it 's very hard you know for a lot of these things to be implemented so I think that uh, having incentives and programs to try these, um, uh, you know, different best practices are definitely a good idea.
0: Now, Jeremy, you sit on some pretty notable boards here, the Wisconsin Potato Vegetable Growers Association, the National Potato Council, both of those focusing on Environmental Affairs Water Task Force. What's going on there? And in 2022, anything you're looking forward to in your roles there?
1: yeah uh so the one that i'm closest with is the wisconsin potato and vegetable growers associations water task force where i co-chair that and we're doing a lot of work with the university system on different research um, looking at water quality initiatives um, you know working with uh, programs such as little plover river um you know watershed group over there um and all the practices that have happened so there's a lot of really great things and uh, water quantity and water quality are at the forefront i mean this is really a specific subcommittee of the wisconsin Potato and vegetable growers association that's looking at all of these things and finding ways that we can improve as an organization um and, and working with great folks such as the uw as different, you know with legislators with the dnr with you know, a whole bunch of groups are bringing us together so that we can talk even.
0: You know, the nature of the game, as you said, in farming, you deal with low margins. 2022, you'll deal with high input costs. Does that mean that these efforts have to go to the wayside while you deal with those issues? Or is this an opportunity to try new things?
1: You know, there, there's always an opportunity. And you know, every farm has to evaluate for themselves, um, you know, differently on what they can or can't do. You know, for us, we're we're absolutely committed um, to these sustainability practices, and that's not going to slow us. It's not going to stop us from from doing them. But there's no doubt. I mean, input costs. I've never seen this. I mean, this is. You know, once in a lifetime thing, I've talked with my father, he's never even seen it like this. So it's going to be very interesting, Um, another challenging year, Um, not the last couple haven't been, but this is going to be another icing on the cake, if you will, Uh, that, you know, as farmers, we just have to be resilient, take a look at it and, and, you know, work toward that and, and be as economical as possible.
0: How are things going for you on farm between supply chain disruption, high input costs?
1: Yeah, You're right. It is all of the above. Uh, so it affects different areas a little bit differently. We noticed um, back in late 2020, well, mid 2021, uh, that there was going to be a lot of this disruption occurring because it had already started. you know know, we pride ourselves on making sure that we can get the crop and never letting our customer down um, from being short so that includes making sure that we have the equipment making sure that we have everything that that we need so we ordered a lot of our parts ahead of time Um, uh, you know uh, it was still a heck of a lot of inflation with that, but we wanted to make sure that anything that was going to have an extremely long lead time, we would get in house. So, so we did a lot of those things. You know, additional cost up front. I have carrying costs, paying interest on that, um, but it was something that we needed to do. Labor, that's a challenge as well. Um, you know, there there's uh, inflation there as well as uh, you know. Uh, lot of regulatory burdens um, when it comes down to it. We're very fortunate. We have our our team that's been with us, you know, many of them for 20, 30 years. Uh, So, you know, that's really reduced some of that risk um, from us. And I give our whole team, you know, credit for that. You know, I am absolutely blessed that I have just an amazing, or that we have, I should say, an amazing team. Um, No matter what, they're gonna find a solution to a problem. If it's a supply chain issue, if it's that we need to put in more hours, if we need to shift things around, they're dynamic and they just get it done.
0: Jeremy Pavelski ending things on a high note. Jeremy is the president of Heartland Farms in Hancock, Wisconsin. He recently shared his farm's experience with pandemic challenges, environmental sustainability, and technology development at the 2022 Agricultural Outlook Forum. You can actually listen to that presentation on the Rank Agribusiness Institute's YouTube page. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.